Record, I think is what we did. Okay. All right. I think we're good to go. Cool. No need to be nervous. We only have like one to two, like 1.2, 1.3 million average listeners on a week to week basis. So it's not that big of a deal. We're you know, still it sounds like steadily growing. <laughs> we're still in our growing phase here. So, all right. Welcome to the CF Exchange Zone. I am distance coach Nick Ruber. Joined with special guest, Emily Lowe, who is a Schnegel Forks alum, former collegiate runner, current coach, current Schnegel Forks Hall of Famer, and one of my former teammates and athletes. So welcome to the podcast, Emily. Thanks for having me on. This is fun. So you wear a lot of hats. So what would you like, what would you like to be called? You could be, you can be Emily, you can be Coach Lowe, you can be Hall of Famer, Emily. What's your, uh, what's your preferred title here? You, you can go with Emily here. I think that's that's a safe we'll bet. Go with Emily, you know? nice and casual. I like Alum, it. No, Emily, that works. Alum, Emily. <laughs> <laughs> so you are the first non-current athlete or coach that we've had on the podcast. So it's very exciting. You're part of this group of people that I've eagerly been wanting to have on the podcast. At some point, I would really like to have you on and we can kind of just talk about distance running. We can kind of reminisce a little bit and stuff. But for this podcast, I think we'll do more so of like a state meet preview. And that way we won't be on here for like two hours, which might not be super exciting for our audience. So we'll stick mostly to a state meet preview. But with that said, do you want to go through your background a little bit? Sure. So, I mean, you covered a lot of it, but yeah, I, I, you know, my high school career was, uh, started at Shenango Forks, um, ran all my modified years all my varsity years, uh, loved it so much, did all right. And, uh, got to go compete at Ithaca, um, for four years. That was a great experience just running at the D3 level, uh, very good balance there of just, you know, social life, athletics and, um, academics. So that was cool. Uh, I, when I finished there, I kind of stopped running for a little bit. I really didn't do much, but then was kind of missing the sport and feeling disconnected from it. So that's actually what got me into coaching. And I, I coach in Buffalo, New York at a private um, Catholic boys high school uh, called St. Joe's. So I've been there for four years. I've um, worn a lot of different hats there even. I mean, I'm, I'm with them all year. I do cross country, indoor and outdoor. Um, currently the head indoor coach. And then I assist for cross and outdoor. This year outdoor, I mostly managed the mid-distance and distance guys, which that was a lot of fun because that was kind of my first year that I really like took over that group solidly. So that was cool. Excellent. That's that's very similar how I got into coaching too. I had was running in college and I had two stress fractures. And at first I was kind of wanted a little bit of a break, but then wanted to get back into being around the sport. So very, very similar there. So we will start with recapping our sectional meet. And one of the reasons why I felt like you were a really good person to have on this week, not only because we have, you have a distant, an extensive distance running and coaching background, and we are go going to be running the four by eight to see me, but you and I have been talking throughout the season. You're kind of in the loop with what's going on with our team. So it's not like you're just some, you know, rando that we have on here that has no clue what's going on. We've talked quite a bit during the year. So I think it'll be fun to kind of get your perspective on some things, but quickly recapping the sectional meet for us, we had some really impressive things. One thing that was impressive that I think flew under the radar, listen, this is something you probably don't know. Listen, how crazy this is. So we had Elena Gumbel running the hundred. She was seated. I think she was seated 11th. She was like 11th in the hundred and 12th in the 200 or vice versa right around there. So she ends up getting, she ends up finishing ninth in the trials of the hundred. So missed the finals by one spot. Super impressive. We were talking on a previous episode. We've had virtually almost nobody make the finals at state quals in the hundred. She missed eighth by 0.01. She missed seventh by 0.01. Seventh and eighth for the same time. She missed sixth by 0.02. So she got ninth, but she was 0.02 away from being sixth. So great run for her. Didn't work out as far as making finals, but that was really good. And then Gianna on a similar note. So Gianna won triple jump. So that's awesome. She's competing. She'll be competing this weekend at the state meet hurdle. She ran a huge PR in the hurdle. She got second. She missed first place by 0.04, missed the state standard by 0.05. And actually the girl who finished third had the state standard. So the winner's going and third place is going. 
but Gianna's not going in the hurdles. So those were two, some really impressive things that didn't necessarily, oh, wow. um, right. That's pretty, that's pretty yeah. nuts. And then that is awesome to see um, some more strength coming from Forks. I feel like for a while, you know, I've, I keep seeing a lot of like good mid-distance runners coming back out of the program, which is, you know, great to see that continuation, but to see someone excel in like the hundred hurdles, the hundred meter final, like just missing a final, like we haven't heard people doing that in a while. So that's cool. It makes it from a coaching standpoint, it makes track so much more fun when it's not just, okay, we're really good at these two or three events or whatever. It's the meet starts and you've got things right from the beginning of the meet to the end of the meet that the team is competitive and successful. In, and it's really, I totally agree with you. It's, to, it's a really nice, it's a really nice situation to be in. Like at the class meet was, I thought we, we, we had a shot at the podium in every single event pretty much in the class meet. That was awesome. So yes, very, that was very, very cool to be more well-rounded, I think is, uh, is, is how I would say that. Yeah. It's so, fun yeah, to have absolutely. like a full track team versus just, you yes. know, a section of the team. Good. And it, yes. from coaching standpoint and like the athlete standpoint too, mm. like it's fun to go and like know what's going on in the different events and um, get to like see your teammates succeed in events that you don't know as well. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So, and then our last, our last super highlight of the sectional meet was the girls four by one, which we were trying to win for small schools. We ended, and obviously we were trying to win overall, but, and we did win overall. So that was really good. I can't, did I send you the video? I can't even remember if I sent you the, you did. Um, yeah. I got to, I got to catch part of that. So that was cool. Yeah. And we watched it at practice today. And honestly, as far as, and I, I mean, I think back to the four bites that we won overall 2012, we won with James Allen, who you ran with, um, you ran with James Allen was on, was the anchor leg on that team. Then the following year, 2013, we won overall. Those were super close races. We have those on film that we still watch. We watched the girls four bite today and it was it, first of all, it was awesome to watch, but it was so much more of like a routine win. I mean, they ended up winning by 16 seconds very comfortably, and we didn't even really need Piper to run very hard on the anchor leg. So it was a really different type of video that we were watching. Like the other ones pretty much came down to the final step of the race, I would say. And then this one was in hand far before that. So as far as the video goes, the video wasn't necessarily super exciting. I mean, obviously the outcome winning by 16 seconds is, uh, was super exciting, but it was just, it was just a very different feeling watching the video. So we watched it and there, I, I told the girls, I don't know if there's necessarily as much to take away from it is versus when you're in a very close race, but the first three legs were very, very close. So it was still, it was still good. So you did see the race. They, they stayed competitive, like through that third leg. Like I was like, I was like, really? Like they come back and they, they win this thing. Cause like they, they, at one point, you know, were a good 10 meters back, it seemed mm -hmm. like. And so, but you forget that with relays, like when you're watching them versus being like in them that like so much can change. And like, like you were saying too, like you're used to seeing like five teams in the mix, especially when they're all combined, like that large school, small school. Um, like I went to the section six meet over the weekend, just being, you know, a track nut, <laughs> um, and I, they separated the school. So it was all the small schools racing and all the large yeah. schools racing, which like was a very different feel than like how you guys were set up where it was everyone all in together. Cause you knew exactly what you needed to do. You had to win that race versus just, um, trying to just compete against the people around you and not really like being overly aware of, you know, division and who, what size school was who and. Um, so that makes it different too, but it's interesting that different sections do it differently. Cause like, I really liked seeing section six and how it was broken up. Cause I think it just made it a little more like digestible as like a fan. Like if you're a parent there and you don't understand the sport, like you can just be like, oh, this team needs to win to go. And that just kind of simplifies it. So it's interesting. They still keep you guys kind of all muddled together in one race. I, um, I could not possibly agree more with what you just said. I, and because our sectional meet was a little bit earlier than most of the other ones, I spent most of my weekend just, I had, I had like miles split up for like every single meet. I had like eight screens open my computer and you're absolutely right. And most of the sections do it the way that you're talking about where they split up large school and small school, at least for most of the races, certainly the sprints where I think we're the only section doesn't split the sprints up by divisions um, but you're right for the distance races it's totally it's a totally different feel if we were just in a race with division two teams that that's who you're trying to beat to go to the state meet that's a way different feel than having all 
um, having them all combined. That's a conversation that I've been having with our section for a long time. I seem to be in the minority. You and I <laughs> seem to be in the minority with, um, with that thought, but no, it's certainly different. And you're right. And part of the whole reason we started the podcast in general was to explain things like this exact thing to parents. Cause it's so weird. Cause we could get the year, the first year that we won in 2011, we got fourth or fifth in that race, but the schools that beat us were Corning, Elmira and out of Ithaca, I think. So we got fourth, but we're celebrating like we won because we did win. We were just in this race with exactly. other schools. So it, it's, that is a super, I think what you touched on is a super confusing concept to non-track people. I mean, we've been around it so long that, and I've been around it so long that it didn't even, like you outlying it right there just made me realize, yeah, that's really bizarre. If you don't know what's going on, that's a super bizarre component. So yeah, no question about that. So anything, did anything pop out at you about that race? Again, it was a little bit of a weird, a weird race. It was a back and forth race. Um, any major, any major takeaways on your end? The video was pretty zoomed out. I know it was a tough video to, to yeah, see. Yeah. I mean, I'm super, the, the girl who let off, remind me her name. Grace. She's a seventh grader. Grace yeah. Hartman. So she's, she's a seventh grader. And like, she took control of that race, like a seasoned vet, like just watching her lead off and get out there and just like stick her nose right in it. Like she's been doing it for seasons was very impressive to me. Like normally, you know, I would think if you have the seventh grader, like you'd be kind of putting them like second, third, kind of keep some of the pressure off. Like, nope, she just, she went out and went for it. And I was like, I, I was like, that's, that's the seventh grader. And you're like, yeah, I'm like, wow, that's, yeah, that's something wild. So yeah, and um, very impressed with that. <laughs> and to touch on a strategic thing, you're absolutely right. You would not normally lead off a seventh grader that it, a month ago, that would not have been the plan, but she had run a couple of really good open races. And then, but to your point, not taking control of them. Well, a weakness she had was she was running pretty well in the open, but she was not, she was, it was a challenge starting out like on the line. Like she, I, I would always, you know, where I, I stand in the Mr. Bond spot on the backstretch. So I don't always see the start, especially now with like tense blocking the finish line, whatever. So where her two open races, 20 meters in the race, she'd be like in last. I'd be like, oh man, like, you know, what's going on? So we spent a lot of time this week working at, or I guess last week, working on the start. I thought her start was really good. And I thought she did command that leg. Um, I thought she commanded that leg well. And then she had off to Audra, who I thought Audra ran a really good leg. Audra's really embraced like going out hard in the middle, like going out hard, then like really pushing the middle of the race. So when we watched say like her last hundred wasn't that fast, but I was like, you know, that's usually the middle distance races. That's usually kind of how it goes. Like you're probably not going to end the race super fast if you're running it correctly. Yeah. I mean, I'd really rather see someone where they're running an eight, like go through six and be like, Ooh, that's solid. Like, let's see what they can do here versus like, Oh, they went through six. All right. They'd really have to close hard because chances are they're not going to regardless, like you're gassed at 600, no matter how you run the race. And as long as you don't go out way, way too fast, like you're, you're going to be all right. And so that's, that's good to see like, you know, a strong first 400 for 600 and just kind of keep fighting to hang on and use the people around you to compete. So that's nice to have someone strong in that, like no man's middle zone where like, you're not really sure. And again, I guess really good for, she's a senior, correct? Yeah, she's a senior. Yeah, that was a big so PR great for her. a senior to have that like kind of locked in to just really be able to pull that race along and be able to race in like any type of situation. Um, that definitely makes for a strong middle leg. Well, it's funny you say that because that's exactly how she's been running. She's been running really well in any situation. We we switched our order for the stack meet, and she anchored. Uh, she anchored the stack meet, and we had a huge. I think we won the stack meet by like forty two seconds or something. It was a big race. <laughs> But we were trying to we were trying to run near our the school record, your school record. And she still went out on the track by herself and split a really fast time when we were 40 seconds ahead. And that is something to me, I never mastered that. I, I think I feel like I was a fairly good runner in competitive situations. I did not have that trait, whatever that is. Uh, other people have that. A lot of our kids have that. I didn't. So I have a lot of respect for somebody who does have that trait. So she's run, I forget, I think maybe we were at Par we were at Parkhurst or Vestal. She ran the second leg and ran really, really, really well. Then the stack meet, she ran really well in the anchor leg. And then she ran really well, obviously, at State Qual. So we feel pretty good about running Audra anywhere. Who handed off to Quinn, which Quinn reminds me a lot of you. You and Quinn are very, 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 very similar runners. Better probably as the distance goes up, 
that's stronger for you, stronger for Quinn, um, both really strong cross-country runners. So you and Quinn have a lot of similarities. And she ran our third leg, and I thought she looked very strong as well. Yeah, she kind of does. I feel like I was watching her stride a lot, and she just looks very, like, fluid. Like, she just has a nice, yeah. consistent stride. And just, like, she just was, like, went out, went for it, and just, like, committed to it, which is really what you want in a third leg, too, is just be like, I'm, you know, I'm here to deliver it to fourth in the best position possible. And she was just kind of going full send, trying to make that happen. Freakish time. She's freakish at, like, timing, like, or pacing. Sorry. She's, like, freakish at pacing. I mean, you can set the watch on her. She's going to run super even splits. She ran slightly faster on the first lap, and which I mean, most 800 runners do, right? They run faster on the first lap for exactly what you said. You're usually not your your last 200 is almost going to be what it is anyway. So you might as well go put some money in the bank, as Mr. Bond used to like to say to us, <laughs> I believe. And um, you know, but she's super, super even split. That was a really interesting leg. So she ran against Sarah Lawson, who was the best cross country runner in the fall, and she's having a really good spring. However, because of the, the weather, it was Sarah's third race of the day. She ran three, listen to this. So the first day we had to meet, I think I already told you this off air, but we had the first day, most of it got in, got delayed. So the second day was, we started with the 3K. So Sarah lost ran the 3K, came back, but she didn't, she didn't run it super hard for her. I think she probably ran 35 seconds slower than she had the week before, you know, so still fast, obviously, but you know. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Came back and ran the 15 and then came back and ran the four by eight. And that was really interesting. She got the baton mm, I, five seconds ahead of Quinn, maybe. And Quinn ended up catching her on the first lap, passing her, opening up a lead. And then Sarah came back and passed her, opened up a little gap. And then Quinn brought the uh, gap down and hand off right behind her. Very, I mean, you don't see something like, you don't see that much like yeah. shuffling in a two lap race usually, what's, right? What's huge on that is that like, Quinn went after her like Quinn wasn't like oh this girl's gonna beat me you know I know who this is I know who I'm racing she was like oh I see what's happening here I can go and get her and like she got her got right back in it and was like I don't care who this person is you know we're gonna yes. we're gonna compete with her so you know yes. I I don't know how your runners are now but like we always knew who we were racing we knew their splits oh, yeah. we knew like 100%. so it was just like if I saw someone that was like oh you know they're gonna split this time I was like oh I should not be passing them I should be a touch behind them so mm -hmm. good good on her to you get in the it. race and it's very easy for Quinn to be like, well, that's Sarah Lawson. If I'm catching up there, I'm going too fast. You know, it's very easy yes. to fall into that mindset, but uh, she didn't. And that was great. She ran super great. Like that was a PR for her, uh, PR for her as well. And then handing off to Piper who truthfully, we didn't need Piper to do a whole lot. And um, that's a great situation to be in, in the state qualifier meet. You don't usually think you're going to get in that situation, but Piper who's, um, on the way back to being healthy, which I think she is now this week has been, this has been a really good week for her. Um, she definitely, she missed the class meet. She was not healthy. And then last week she was healthier than the week before, but not hundred percent. So it was, it actually worked out really well that we didn't need her to go out and do something crazy. I mean, Piper is well-documented that she can go out and will go out and do crazy things in big situations. But if you can save it, so that doesn't have to happen, that's always good. And so that was, that was the that was the race. And so I thought that went about as well as it could have, honestly. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's awesome. It was, it was definitely fun to watch and see how that unfolded for them and just see them close and catch up with Corning like that. Like that, that was awesome. And to move on from this meet, but to talk about the year a little bit, it's, we, there's some, I think there's a lot of comparisons to this four by eight team compared to your four by eight team. And we referenced that they're going to be trying, attempting to break your school record this weekend. And there's a lot of other similarities. Like I think you and Quinn are, are a lot of similarities there. And then just the team in general, it's, I remember that year, your senior year, uh, one of is a, is a meet. I think the meet that I might have the best memory of like in my life was the, uh, your senior year Ithaca relays meet, because that was just a, that was an unbelievable meet. That was the meet where you, uh, you guys broke the school record in the four by a mile and then the DMR record in the same meet. So yeah, that meet was super fun. Like, yeah, how well do you remember that meet? That, so that year was fun because we, I mean, really, like if you looked at our team, like we had seven or eight girls that could probably run under 235 and the 800 just to keep it, you know, one mm -hmm. event simple. So it was like, 
it was like the dream like situation to be putting up a relay lineup meet together for the middle distance distance squad like it was like all right four by a mile you know who can we in this and you know kind of save them a little bit for this next event and just like kind of mix and matching those pieces to really like give our best efforts so like that meet we went after the four by mile got it Mm -hmm. like right off the bat and then i think i can't even remember who was in that (laughs) so i was in it i want to see marissa was in it um marissa walsh and laura then, and kristen i believe most positive. and then laura yeah exactly so like i know marissa and i came back and i think laura too to be mm-hmm. part of the dmr and michelle. yeah so yes. three of you doubled so back we had like helped a fresh michelle to run the mile leg because we had the ability to do that because we were so deep that we could throw kristen in there and still take a good stab at that record and so yeah just like no. things like that and then even like some of the other girls i know they went after the four by four that meet they ran a great time i think that sits um, two or three time they um, we threw that four by four team out there and we were like let's just let's just throw it out there it was uh it i i know it was it was uh michelle uh, i'll look it up before we get off the podcast but it was definitely michelle it was definitely just dyer and that's like two or I think it's two or three seconds off the school record. Just this random team that we threw out there in the middle of Ithaca relays, the four by fours in the middle of the meet there, like in the middle of the meet, that's how good that team was your senior year. Yeah. We just, we had the depth to move people around and not kill anybody by having to run like three or four events. Like we're just yeah. like, okay, you can focus on these two. And like, I mean, I think I did the four by mile, the, um, uh DMR. the dmr then probably the if they did they do the four by steeple then still i think I we think, came back at the end of the meet and we're like let's just yeah. and that was just like the chair on top of like fun like i could go do steeple with like you know being in a situation where you had three other people to do the steeple with you and be competitive like that's you know funnels as it is like you don't see a four by steeple relay anywhere you go i um that I tell my athletes that all the time that I did that. They're like, no, you didn't coach. Like, That's not real. I was like, yes, Ithaca Relays has a four by eight steeple relay. <laughs> we have a top five so, list. We can send them the top five list. It's true. It's true. I'll send them the website. <laughs> it's um, no. And that's another similarity with, with this team. This team is incredibly deep. I mean, we have um, another person that um, that could easily run on this four way team is Catherine White, who was our number three runner on our cross country team. She was fifth or sixth at, uh, at cross-country sectionals. Like, I mean, she's a really quality runner, and that's helped us do some other things as well. Now, the one thing – and so going into the year, we had a feeling we were going to be pretty good, and we tried to map some things out. Now, back when you were in school, was that the only really meet we went to? Did we go to Moravia when you were on the team? I can't remember. We went there, like, when I was young. Like, I was, like, a okay, freshman. we didn't go there your senior year. There, I, I, the only thing I ever remember about that meet is that it was always, like, the first meet of the year, it was very cold, and they had a black track. That's the only thing yeah, I they remember did. about that And meet. they – well, we definitely went there your ninth grade year because I was a senior on the team. I know that we went we went there. Okay, yeah. Um, and then year. I don't know if we went back after that. Okay, it's, it's not a very it's not a very exciting meet. But <laughs> the reason I brought up though is, but going in the season, we knew that our girls team was going to be pretty uh, pretty special, and we were trying to we were trying to figure out where could we take a shot at some of these weird and not weird, but these meets, these records that you don't have at every single meet like DMR. I mean, DMR, we were like, okay, we're probably going to try to run that at the gut, but the, to in 09, when you guys broke the four by mile record and DMR record, that's so impressive. And we were like, if we could get, if we could do them on different days, like when can we do that? And so motel would motel was like, Hey, find a really meet for us to go to take a swing at the four by four by a mile record. And I was like, okay, but then, I started doing the math on the four by, four by a mile record. And I was like, wait a minute. The four by a mile record is like, the four by a mile record is fast. <laughs> it is really fast. And he said something like, because it's at the end of the meet now in Ithaca. And he was, and he said, you don't think we can break it if we run the DMR first? And I was like, dude, the, the four, go ahead and do the math. The record is really fast. And I ran, I think I ran four by a mile four years in a row at Ithaca Relays. It is hard. It is hard to run the mile when it's in a relay. It's not like lining up. People think you you can take like your 1500. I mean, like, oh, throw 20 seconds on it. In the professional field right now, people are doing this all the time. They're going after that four by a mile record thinking that they can a certain time and even like pro guys that are like, well, let's add up all our PRs. You know, it'll definitely equal this. And then see a guy that's you know a 350 miler and he throws down a 403 and you're like well yeah that's the record you're not doing that today so right um right. 
it is yeah. like yeah. across the board like the four by mile is it's a very challenging record to yeah. try to take down in like any capacity <laughs> yeah definitely definitely for sure so those are some similarities i saw with uh, with the teams which has been a lot of fun because that 09 that was my first year coaching that team was a ton of fun this seems a lot of fun so it's good when you but to your point though depth is is supreme to just about everything the more depth you have the the better you are the more covered you are you are if a couple people get hurt because we know how this sport is injuries pop up and stuff so the depth uh, we we are deep we're not quite as deep as your team though because you're right we could have thrown a second four by eight out there that probably would have ran 10 25 i would think near yeah, def- definitely possible i think no we yeah. had three or four other people like- we would try and like dual meet sometimes to just like purposely match people up to just like, if the, like we were going against, you know, a less competitive team. I remember like putting together like, Oh, like let's put it in this order to match people up and like see which team right. wins basically. Right. It was just definitely. Like, yeah. Definitely. Um, like we just had that level of depth, which is, you know, very rare at the high school level. Oh, for sure. Especially for small schools. <laughs> Yes, especially for schools that have 110 kids, 120 kids per grade, for sure. Can you talk a little bit about things that you're seeing with your athletes that are COVID specific, meaning that this is our first real track season in, um, in three years? And, and I'll let you start off this conversation, but I noticed a ton of stuff that we wouldn't normally have if we'd had consistent track seasons up to this year, kind of a starting from scratch with some of the runners but just you can take that question any direction that you want if you have any thoughts yeah no I think we'll probably be on the same page here for sure so first of all it's made our team incredibly young um like we we had three seniors graduate this year I think our junior class is pretty small like we're pretty much driven right now by freshmen and sophomores Hmm. um which you forget like Typically, I mean, typically that's not necessarily what you see. Like you see, I mean, like some numbers fall off as like the years get ahead, you know, kids specialize in other sports. So they want to take a season off, blah, blah, blah. But um, I felt like the big thing here was just like lack of, even in like senior leaders, like race experience. Mm. Like, it's just like, there's like a piece that was missing where like, and you forget that like looking back, you're like, oh, right. Like you missed an entire year of racing basically. And if you did get races, they weren't to the same caliber as like what you're competing in now. So it's like, you even take, you know, some like someone like Quinn or Piper, like where it's like, yeah, like you're, you know, juniors and seniors, like you're, you're racing while you but even like, if you compared them to someone who like didn't have the COVID disruption, like that probably gave them at least 12 more competitive races to be in that they would have never gotten. So even like little tactical things like, Oh, like, why don't, you know, take charge on, you know, 300 to go. If you know your kick's not going to be as strong versus like, you know, going with like 150, just like little things like that, that like can kind of seem innate, especially for like us, like we've been in and or around the sport for so long. We're just like, Oh yeah, just do that. We're like, the kids are just like, I, I don't even know what that means. And it just blows my mind. <laughs> um, because I'm just like, oh, right. Like you, you know, you've missed some time. Like we, we've got to really kind of sit and go over the basics here. So, um, I think just like little things like race tactics, even just like understanding the concept of how an invitational works, mm-hmm. um, like a lot of like logistical things like that, I feel like have fallen through the cracks here and there. Um, and just like a general, like, I mean, I, I don't know if you how much you've like read up on this, but like there's a lot of like studies out there now that are saying like social development of athletes and like mm-hmm. people that they come together in a team after, mm-hmm. you know, having their disrupted years, like kids that are incoming freshmen right now, like I've noticed have like the, you know, social and like emotional awareness of about a seventh grader because yes. they did their middle school years out of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they really didn't have them locked online in their houses and um during COVID for two years so even just like little things like that like having to kind of do more like icebreakers or like team building activities because you know not not to to put it bluntly like kind of kids just don't really know how to act yeah (laughs) um yeah so that's been huge too is just like kind of refiguring that out like things that 
in the past years coaching like seemed innate to a sophomore or junior or senior like might not be um I don't know I don't know how many of those points you agree with I just kind of went on a oh, babble no, I, I agree with all there, that but... yeah no that's all that's all really good and I here's as a coach here's what I wish that I had done differently I wish that because we have a lot of we have a lot of experience, quote unquote experience. And in my head, we had a lot of experience. You have Piper, you have Audra, you have Quinn, um, you have Catherine White. We have a lot of juniors and seniors, but I wish that I had viewed the season as everybody was like a first year, first year track athlete, because there's so many logistical things that they don't, they don't get. And it is things like, you know, knowing how invites work and stuff, but it's also knowing how the progression of the season well, and it's it, it race tactics. You're absolutely hundred percent right about that. But it's also I saw a lot of stuff with the progression of the season. And a mistake that I think we made was we view we view Piper like a superhero. Like we truly do. Like the the way that other athletes and coaches talk about her, and the way our athletes do, and rightfully so. She's done. She's earned that. Um, she's earned that reputation with what she did in tenth grade cross country didn't have a 10th grade track season. And then um, last spring, she was unbelievable. This fall, she was unbelievable. She's earned that title. And so the mistake I made was you can look at somebody like Piper and you can get it, look at it two ways. You can look at it. She is this uh, super accomplished senior with all this experience. So when track rolls around, everything is going to fall in place from a knowing how everything works. Or the way that you can look at the same exact person is this is somebody who didn't have a 10th grade season, didn't really had, we did sort of a track season, a pseudo track season in the, in the spring that wasn't really a track season. So she's really doing track for the first time since ninth grade. And that's, that's really, it's three years ago. That's a long time. Even if you kind of had it all figured out as a ninth grader, it's a lot of stuff you forget by the time that you're a senior. And it's a lot of things that just because you're a senior, been around the sport a lot, don't necessarily fall into place even if you've had like four or five years leading up and then take those years away and it's super hard and I think that probably what we should have done I should have done was been a little bit more just thoughtful of that and not just assume that hey we go to Sydney on April 11th whatever the day that meet was and um and in Piper's talked about this, so I feel okay talking this on air, but like we found out that we found out a week ahead of the, before that she was, her iron was low. She goes out and runs 457 with low iron on April 7th. And it's like, we should, everybody should be thrilled about that. But she's like, oh geez, my PR is 443. I'm 14 seconds slower than I was last year, 15 seconds slower, whatever. And, and you and I know it doesn't work that way. And I made the mistake of thinking like Piper's got all this experience. She understands it doesn't work that way. But then you think, oh, geez, her and the other athletes, they don't really understand that it doesn't work that way because they don't have that year to year experience. She wouldn't be able to look back and be like, all right, as a junior, this is what happened. As a sophomore, this is what happened. As a ninth grader, this is what happened or whatever. So I've noticed that. And it's just easy to use Piper as an example. But across the board, um, I've noticed that big time with our athletes. Yeah, I definitely agree with that too. Like I've had kids be like, well, like, you know, that's not, that's not fast. I'm like, you, you guys, it's, it's April. Like we just came off of indoor season. Like indoor was <laughs> focused on like strength work and like yes. high knees through the snow when we could like, yeah. um, you know, and even if you apply it to like professional runners, like let's take, you know, Emma Coburn, for example, her PR on the steeple is like low nines. And she just posted about, you know, her season opener the other day and like a nine eighteen. it's like, yeah, that's 15, you know, seconds off of her best. But like, she was super happy with that. She's like, oh, it was a really strong opener. Like, I feel like I could do this. So as long as you're like, yeah, they don't understand. It's almost like they're just not getting like, oh, like then I should just start hit the ground running right where I, you know, was before. And it's like, no, like that's where you were from peaking. That's where you were after tapering. Like there's a whole plan to that. And I think when you don't go through that consistently for like four consecutive seasons in the same sport, like you don't necessarily get that, not so much. Definitely. And it's, and this is the difference with cross country is you don't really know how well you're doing in cross country. Cause it's not like track where you have specific times. That I mean, course, you that can do, distance that, right. you know, I mean, you can, you can compare course year to year. That's like a little, it's not, it's not as in your face. It's not like, a, okay, mm -hmm. I ran the 800 in this, or I ran the 3k in this 
or whatever. So that disguises it a little bit more because we always say there's a method to the madness and you're not going to look, what, what is the goal of all of these seasons? It's to run well at the end of the season to do that. Sometimes you're not going to run super well in the beginning or middle of the season. It's part of the method. And you, sh- you shouldn't be like, that's, we don't want to see that. If, if I want to see that someone like crank out a PR in the week one, I'd be like, well, we're either going to have an awesome season or a horrible one. I don't know which one it is, but right. You know, that definitely just makes you nervous. Like you don't expect that as a coach and no, nobody does. Well, some of those boys four by eight teams that we've had that were on the podium of the state meet, uh, if you look into like what they did in early May, uh, not impressive at all. I don't yeah, right. say not at all, but by their standards, <laughs> not what you would think. And, right. and, and I think you would probably agree with this, that it's a sport where it's really hard to do. If you feel like it's not going well, it's really hard to train and it's really hard to compete while you feel like it's not going well. It doesn't matter if it's actually going well or not, but if you feel like it's not going well, it is really hard to motivate yourself to train. It's really hard to motivate yourself during a race. Yeah. That's a very difficult mental block to kind of work through. And I think that's one of the bigger things too. I've noticed kind of post COVID is kids need a little more work on their mental game. Like athletes just like need more of that. Um, I, I, I'm not sure why necessarily. I'm sure it's like a you know culmination of things, but I feel yeah. like the mental side of racing has become, I mean, it's, it's, it's always been important, but now I think more than ever, like seeing a kid just like, you know, hit a block in the middle of the race and like knowing like that wasn't their legs, that wasn't their lungs, that was their brain. Um, yeah. And just finding ways to, as a coach, address that I think has been really challenging kind of post COVID um, thing to work through as a coach. That's so hard with the middle distance running because it's not, it's not a 5k. It's not there. It's a different type of pushing yourself. When you go out there for two and a half minutes or however long to push yourself, that is very different than going out running an 18, 19, 20 minute, uh, 20 minute race. And it's hard to, it's hard to learn that. Again, if it's your fourth year on the varsity track, whatever that you have that down, but even people like Piper and Audra, who they are seniors and they came up as eighth graders with that missed time, it's really hard to replicate that sort of race tactics without going out and doing it. And, you know, and, and even for somebody like Piper, who, again, because of her health situation, wasn't racing a ton of competitive races um, by design during the year it's, she still hasn't really figured out how to go out and run the 800. I, I think she's very easily in 214, 215, 216 shape right now. And in the right situation, if it clicks for her, she can run that this weekend. I don't think there's any question about that. Um, and same thing with a lot of our other girls. I think every girl we have is capable of going 226, almost no question, if not faster. Now it doesn't mean those things are going to happen. The variables have to be right. And we have to have the right mindset going in. And like you said, tactically things have to go well and that's been hard and if you look across I think you and I were talking a few weeks ago the 800 what event were we talking about where we said the times were down was it boys 800 boys eight yeah now I was texting Dan and Eric and I sent them the seeds for the boys four by eight uh we would have had a shot to win the boys federation four by eight in 2012 and 2013 with the seeds right now. And we would have had a very, very, very good shot to win small schools. And I think we only got fifth, both of those years. It, it's mm-hmm. just, yeah. It, and I think, I, you know what? I think maybe part of it is what we just talked about. It's, it, it's middle distance running is hard to do if you're not doing it consistently. Yeah. And that's, that's the biggest thing too. I tell my, my 800, I had a lot of 800 focused kids this year. I just, I'm, I had a lot of kids that didn't really want to do the two miles. So they kind mm-hmm. of became more like 400, 816 runners. Um, but the eight was really like their baby and they cared about it the most. And um, I have one kid, he's a senior and he like, I swear it took him into like, and I honestly, if I had given him like three more weeks, I think he could have gone down to like 202. Yeah. Progression was like 220. Okay. We're getting this. Okay. 214 run a couple weeks at 214. Okay. 208. Boom. We're getting there. And then he, you know, ended up with another 208 but like you could tell by his race like you know you you still haven't fully figured this thing out yet like the 800 is one of those events that I really think the athlete benefits from running it repeatedly and like yeah you know throw him in a four by four sure like throw him in a mile here and there just to kind of change it up a little bit but like 
it's learning how to put yourself in that kind of pain and like figuring out how to do the eight is such a big part of the race versus just like taking a stab at it and see what, seeing what happens. Number one event when it comes to what you just said, I think number one event when it comes to learning how to race. And here's an example, Quinn's running, Quinn's running over 20 seconds faster in the 800 right now than she was in the middle of April. Now, as we just said, times drop, they don't drop that much. She's, she is not 20 seconds more fit for a half mile race right now than she was six weeks ago, eight weeks ago, whenever she was running those times, but she has figured out more. So how to do it. And, and she's not even totally all the way there. I think she's somebody where um, she split two thirty at state quals. That's her PR. I would not shock me at all. If she ran a couple seconds, if not even more faster than that, if, you know, if things fall into place. So totally, um, totally agree with that. So we'll move on to the state meet now. We'll talk briefly. Um, so Gianna, we'll, we'll be up there Friday morning. Gianna Lawrence is triple jumping. She is seated seventh, I think, for small schools. So that'll be exciting. She broke um, she broke Amy Samsel's school record, who that's a name you probably don't know, correct? No, that's I remember it from the seeing the record. Like, so it's, it's been around. <laughs> that one's been around. That was 1990, I believe. I believe that was yeah, 1990. So for, so that for the divisions is, is six podium or eight podium is uh six six is okay so she's she's right in the mix there she you know she has oh, a good she's day right in the mix she, yeah, she is really get up there. I, uh well so there's an Elmira Notre Dame girl that hit the state standard earlier in the year um that Gianna actually beat at sectionals who seated fourth so the top couple or top three, I think are pretty far out there, but she very easily could get in the four five, six range, which would, um, which would be awesome. So, um, and our girls are in a similar situation. Girls are seated seventh. Um, there's, so to your, what you, we were talking about earlier, they don't split that race. That's large school plus small school in the same race, plus Catholic schools, plus, um, Long Island. So it, it, it's a weird, it's a weird dynamic. Yeah. Um, so we are actually seated 18th out of 24 overall and seventh out of 11 for small schools. Now, with that said, we, and, and to be fair, I think other schools are probably in this, some schools are in this boat as well. We have not run the fastest time that we can, you know, we had a really good race last week. And then, um, again, Piper just had, uh, just like it's been all year, Piper had nobody to run with. I mean, we had it, it's really bizarre. It's a year where we won the stack meet one sectionals and we haven't had a close race. Uh, that's, I don't know. It's that's um that that's weird that we've been in that situation, but we've yet to have a competitive situation from start to finish in the four by eight. So I think we can run quite a bit faster than that. I will be interested to see how the heats break down. And truthfully, that might you and I yesterday, the day before, you and I were talking quite a bit about potential relay orders that we could put together. Um, we're looking at probably three possibilities right now. Uh, we oh, talked wow. to girls today. We're looking at probably either our sectional relay order. We're looking at a Grace Piper Quinn Audra order, or we're looking at a Piper Grace. But that's what, wait, is that what I just said? Piper Grace. <laughs> either way, Piper Grace one two flip flops with Quinn and Audra is three four would be the other, the other two orders that we are looking at, and it's probably going to depend on how they break up that break up that race. You know, we're seated at nine fifty six. No question. Well, not no question, but if everything fell well, we can, your, your school record is, I believe, 951.14. Does that sound right? Yeah. I, I mean, honestly, like I fully expect to see that record go down. Like, it's like, how often are you in a position with, you know, Piper's range and ability to just like crush it at any moment. And then to have three other really consistent runners who aren't quite at like what you think their peak is like mm -hmm. as long as you guys you know piece it all together on that day and I think like you said like having that competition and having those other teams to actually race um it's just I mean they're all very competitive girls you could see by the way they raced at the sectional meet you know they're if they want to hang in and go get it like they're ready to go so I could see high 40s being realistic I could see you know maybe like mid 940s on like a really great day like I think that's yeah. all very attainable for them right now I do too I do too I think nine mid 940s is certainly attainable and then that bumps us up like I said we're seated 18th overall mid 940s puts us from like 18th up to like 10th you know in the yeah, top half like of that, that race for sure like you have everybody kind of right in that middle like all those you know those seeds are probably very close together because that's kind of right mm -hmm. where like the you know 
average team's ability level falls. So yeah, I'm excited to see how that shakes out for you guys. And what makes the relay order tough is, well, first of all, we have to see, we're going to find out tomorrow night where they split those heats, you know, and where, well, I, I don't think there's a bad scenario for us. I think it'll change what we do. We're either going to be, there's either going to be a big chunk of teams that run in the low 940s in our race, which is great, or it will be a little bit higher up than that, but we'd be further up in the race, which could give us a little adrenaline. It would just, it would change our relay order probably. So we're going to kind of keep all of our, all of our options open um, right now. So, but I think that the, whatever, however it breaks, I think we'll be able to facilitate it to where it'll be, uh, be a very good situation for us to run fast, but it'll certainly, it'll certainly change up the order. Um, Bronxville, who is seated number one for small schools, they run 930 section one team um, very, very fast. I mean, that's, if they run the way that they're capable of running, they are probably safely out of our reach. You never know, but yeah, I mean, on paper, they, that's where Mary Keene is from, correct? Yes. Yeah, I mean they're they're always a powerhouse. They're consistently like a division two powerhouse. So yeah, you can always expect them to just be crushing it to the front. So absolutely. And then speaking of powerhouses, um, East Aurora is ranked as, is seated second, and I believe nine thirty seven. That's a team from out in your direction that you were yeah, kind like, enough uh, to watch and give uh, a split for. Yes. A very impressive yeah. team. Very deep team. Yeah. They're another one that's again, always a powerhouse, always consistent. Um, our, my, uh, my coach, the head coach for our cross country team at St. Joe's, um, he actually goes and coaches modified there sometimes. And oh, he wow. just always had incredible things to say about where the kids start and where they go. And, um, they're just like very much a run, running community there. So it's just like consistent years of mm-hmm. successful racing. So yeah, they're, they're a fun team. So, um, they'll be, I mean, honestly though, you, I think you guys could give them a run. So I do too. I think it's unlikely that we, well, that's right about, well, let me think, um, they're, they're not going to be in our heat most likely, but again, that doesn't mean that we can't right beat them. Actually, away. I watched, right. um, I watched, uh, what was his name? Uh, the kid from Tully, not Lopez Lemong, his teammate, win the state Dominic meet Luka. 800. What's that? Dominic Luca. Dominic Luca. Dominic Luca won the state meet 800 out of the slow heat. Or maybe Lopez won the mile out of the slow heat. One of those two athletes won a state championship out of the slow heat. So just because you're yeah, in the slow that's heat. that's very impressive to me. <laughs> very impressive. Um, so we won't be in the same heat as them, but. Yeah, based on the information that you gave me, I was thinking the same thing. They're going to be very tough to beat, but like it's not out of the realm of possibility. Um, what makes those two teams difficult to beat? Bronxville does not have any of those kids doing any other events other than the four by eight. Some of them are running the four by four the day before. So that's not, you know, but no one's doubling. Now, East Aurora, I think they have a girl running the 3K, I believe, yeah. the night before. They have one girl in the 3K, and then one girl will also be in the four by four. Okay. Two- be fresh so so yeah then we have seated third at 943 and now we're talking about the range that realistically I, I don't think it's too far of a stretch at all that we could get into that range we have Wheatley who has a very fast um, 1500 girl who will be running the 15 I think she's I'm trying to be seated first in the small school 15 so she's got a double which is not always um, easy and then it's a stretch of schools then we're right there so going to be very exciting yeah definitely in the mix that we again this would be a great time to split the races and have all the d1 oh my gosh i know i know know, it's i guess (laughs) it's i I don't know why they don't do that it would be a great time because we have a lot of schools however the cards fall you're going to see you're going to probably see third through seventh in that race between like 943 and 950 you know, and that would be great to have them already on the track together, but we're not going to have that. A couple of those schools being so the fast To me, then... this is really kind of going to play out more like a sectional race may have on like deeper. I said that today. Where like, you know, you've got the large schools in the mix and there's usually four or five going, then maybe like two or three small schools right around. So you've got, you know, seven schools kind of sitting in that 935 to 950 range and you're really just racing to win it at that point so Mm -hmm. that's nice too for them that they're kind of right on that back end of ability level where they can kind of get right in the mix there and and throw down that group 
Yeah, I guess, you know, I hesitate to say this on air because I don't want to put any like bad mojo out there. But I guess I would be really surprised if this happens. But I guess the scenario that we're not rooting for is if they take a lot of those teams into the fast heat, but not us. And then we're one of those only those schools in the small heat. I really don't think they'll do that that based on size like they're not going to want to put over x number especially for the faster heat they're going to want to keep smaller or even if anything and i went back and i looked at previous years today i went back five or seven years and you are exactly right they they either that either stays even or they take one or two less for the fast heat um, an ideal split for us. I don't know. I hate, I hate talking about this because then it doesn't work out this way. I you can't control it either. So you're just talking about uncontrollables. I know. Right and now. I always say to the kids, like, don't worry about the uncontrollables. So, you know what? I'm not even going to go down that route. I'm not even going to go down that road. <laughs> um, we, as a coach, I have contingency plan. We have contingency plans as a staff for all breakdown scenarios based on where the heats get, um, heats get split. And you know what, truthfully, I, I'm going to go back and just say that I, I do feel pretty good about all of our, all of our scenarios. If we do get in a situation where there's fewer schools or fewer fi- of those fast schools in our heat, I think that is a scenario where we would go with our sectional order. And I, a mistake I made at the state meet was in 2013, when we ran eight flat with those guys, um, basically the, from a, we didn't do this all on the same day because this would be 755 or 756, but the, the, uh, what they were capable of is CJ was capable of going too flat. Eric Yonda was too flat. Um, Jesse Ingram two flat and Dan White was 156 runner. And we got to the state meet and I was kind of thinking maybe we should front load it, but I wasn't really sure. Uh, and then, well, I, it's not, that I wasn't sure, but I wasn't sure enough to just as the coach go out and make that decision. So I brought Dan and Eric aside who were seniors, three-time sectional champions. And I said, I think we should switch the relay order and run Dan first or second. What do you guys think? And they both said, no, we should keep it the same, kept it the same. And as it turned out, we were pretty far back when Dan got the baton. We still ran, we still ran really well. We got on the podium um, and ran a pretty fast time, but I always felt like if we had Dan run earlier and Piper's our version of Dan. Exactly. So that's why I have always said that was, that was what, that was nine years ago. I always said, or 10 years ago, I always said that if we got back in that situation, we would never do the same thing and have, if we had a, 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 superhero like we've described piper if we had somebody like that on the team we would not anchor them that would though change based on possibly how the heats are broken down so hard for us to really break the race down much further until we get the heat sheets but the other thing and we you and i've been talking a lot i don't think that we've talked about this detail so obviously if if you have any insight on this i'm having a hard time one reason I'm having a hard time like finalizing a relay order is it's so hard to predict what order other schools are going to run. So let's say that you're a 945 school. You might run a completely different order than a different 945 school. You might lead off a 215 girl, then a 218 girl, and then go 227, then 231 or whatever the map would be. Or you may have a team that does the exact opposite. So it's really hard to know even if you have total times on these relay teams, it's really hard to like know where the race is going to be after the first, second, or third leg that's tough like we've we've had teams we've raised teams that have like fully like backloaded their four by eight and like these are teams we should have beat by far but like they even got to the point in the middle of the race where you know they were like oh yeah like we've, we've got this so our middle guys were you know kind of not dogging it but you know not competing as best they could yeah and then they've got their stud come in and we're you know only 20 meters ahead and yeah he's you know he's gonna catch us so yeah um i mean that's a little different head-to-head versus being in like a big 100 percent. yep different dynamic like such as you know the state meet um so i feel like with that you almost need to kind of like just let it ride control what you can control and just, you know, know that your girls have raced in a bunch of different positions, know that they're ready and just put together that your best order on that day. Control what you can control and control your individual leg, you know, and don't worry about it. We, yeah, we were fortunate enough to in cross country. One of the, one of the things I was most proud about with the cross country team, other than that they won the first sectional championship in school history is they went out and ran so well at the state meet. It's, I mean, and you know what? It would have been a great year no matter what. We could have gone to the state meet and not ran very well. It's still an unbelievably good year, but that's not what happened. They went out and they ran great. And I think that part of the reason they ran great was we said the mindset of, hey, don't 
go in with expectations on where you're going to be in this race. And that was, that was our, that was our race strategy with Piper in the fall too. We're like, Piper, you can finish in the top five in this race, but if you get in this race and in the half mile in, you're in like 20th, don't freak out and be like, Oh my gosh, I'm in 20th. This isn't where I'm supposed to be. If you go in with not having expectations on what's going to be happening around you, it's like the same thing. If we lead off grace and grace thinks like I'll probably be in like third or fourth after, after my leg, or she gets in the middle and she's in like 10th, then she's going to not have a very good race because she feels like she's not running well. So we always say like, don't give up on yourself. Don't give up on the race just because of outside variables. You can run 226. And if we, let's just say we lead off grace, grace can run 226 and be in second grace can run 226 and be in 12. And, but it's still 226 is still 226. So that's why you can't worry about the other things. So I like that point. Just don't worry about anything else. Just go out and run your race. Exactly. Yeah. Just focus on what you can do in that moment, how you're feeling. If you think you have more, if you can think you can catch two girls in the last, you know, 150, like go do it. Um, and just, yeah, just kind of taking what you have right in front of you versus, you know, I should be here. I should be there. And, um, just trying to feel like you're constantly trying to fill an expectation. So especially the competition that's, you know, this level, like this is the state meet, you know, I think, three of the four girls on this relay have not competed at a state meet. You know, that's, that's a big new experience mm-hmm. for them. And that's exciting to be there, but it's also exciting because they have a great opportunity to really do well and succeed here. And they've got an awesome team and um, I'm ready to see that record go down. You know, I'm, I'm done with that. That's been what I, Oh God, 13 years ago. Oh, I don't I mean, know if that's the math you want to do there, Emily. I don't know if you want to do the math. I'm ready to see it go. It's, it's, it's time. This is the group to do it. <laughs> I, I, I think that you are correct. Um, I think it would be, it would be a great way for them to end their season. And truthfully for Piper and Audrey, it'd be a great way to end their career. So um, before we sign off, I want to, I want to end with two quick things. One thing I just want to go back to, and I just saw this right now when we were talking about the, we were talking about like the COVID thing and how it's impacting distance runners. Um, you know, the, the one final thing I want to say about that is we, we have gotten to the point where we do have, we do have some other runners from other schools listening to our podcast. I don't know if it's a ton, but I know we have at least a few. And if I was going to give one message to a young distance runner, it would be it is okay to have things not go your way. It's okay to have training runs not go your way. It's okay to have races not go your way. It's okay to feel like things aren't going well. It's peaks and valleys. You're going to have ups and downs. And if you go into the sport, really any sport, expecting everything to go great all the time, you're you're not mentally going to ever be able to live up with that, whether you are Piper Reed, or whether you are somebody who's a 35 minute 5k runner, it doesn't matter. No matter how good you are, you are, you could be Angelina Napoleon, who we didn't even somehow talk about on our, um, (laughs) on our state meet preview here. Uh, Everybody has bad days and has bad weeks and goes through rough patches. And I think a lot of times for young runners, they feel like that means something's wrong, right? It means like it's, it means that you're not going to feel, I always say that you're not going to be super stoked to put your running shoes on every single day. It, you shouldn't hate it every day. I mean, if you hate every single run you go on, it's probably not the sport for you, but that doesn't mean there's not going to be some days that it feels like work. And when that happens, sometimes athletes feel like they're falling out of love with the sport or it's not going well, or not going to get back there. And I guess my message would be just, Hey, like take a breath and know that that's normal. And everybody feels that way at some point. What do you, I mean, would you agree with that? Oh, for sure. I mean, it, it got harder. I feel like, especially the more you become like in tune with the sport and like what times mean, I mean, that ultimately makes you more competitive, but it can also like really affect your mental game where you're like, oh my gosh, I'm not getting better each week. Or this person beat me this week. That means I can never beat them again. Or, um, last year when I did this workout this time, I did it this way, you know, this year I did it this way. And you, you start to read into all those yes, things. Exactly. It's just like that. Like, it's like, it, it doesn't mean anything. Doesn't it's just, mean anything. There's so many little factors that go into it. It could be like, you got a crappy night of sleep two days ago. You know, you um, are focused on a test coming up. You know, you mm-hmm. got dumped. Like there's just so <laughs> many different little things that yes. like go into that, that you never like realize how much like affect you as a whole being. 
Um, but yeah, like you, you can't let it derail the whole thing. You just got to kind of take the next step and just like literally take it day by day. Like you can't look at these, you know, weeks and months of training. You just got to day by day show up and do what you can do in that day and just trust that the pieces will fall into place. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So we're going to wrap up your first time on the podcast. What'd you think of your first time in the CF exchange zone? Oh, it was fun. I, mean, I feel like this episode probably went really long. Than We're most all, this is, this is absolutely, this is being split up into two parts, maybe even three, because you know, if, if it's oh too gosh. long, then Allie's like, geez, that was long. Is okay. like, I feel like we could go for like another hour and a half. So. I know. And well, if I'm going to try to get you to commit to coming on again sometime, if this wasn't too painful or anything to have you, you know, back on maybe a summer episode. So Last thing, there were some rumors swirling on Facebook the other night about a little alumni four by four. So if it comes to fruition, we might may have to, you know, make it happen. Oh my gosh. The the amount of work I would have to put in to run a fast yeah. 400 right now. That might be um that might be a four by four that we don't necessarily bring the stopwatch to. Yeah, <laughs> you know, just 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 a fun one. Just, just to you get know, out there. get, get so, the legs turning again. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So all right. Well. Uh, we, I appreciate you being on the podcast and I'm sure we'll talk soon. Yeah. Good luck this weekend. I can't wait to hear how it goes. Thank you. We'll see ya. Yeah.